can take things day to day, but at the same time have a plan. Where are you going? What, what ideally would the next year look like for you? And, and do you have goals that you just ignored or just put to the side because of the stress and the challenges and the abrupt changes that happen this year? Well, hello and welcome to another Backstage Business episode. Today, we're going to talk about your 2021 comeback. I know that most of us are counting the days until this year is over, but for some of us, opportunities have presented themselves. And while the year was challenging, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who took on those challenges and actually turned them into something really, really great. Uh, Maybe that was you. If it wasn't, that's totally okay. If it was, that's awesome. And maybe you're somewhere in the middle and that's totally cool too. But what I wanted to talk about today was what we can all do as business owners and entrepreneurs to set ourselves up for extraordinary success in 2021, whether things went your way or not, or you are somewhere in between. So I'm just going to dive right into it. And by the way, I would say that a lot of these are great takeaways for any year in business, but especially this year coming up. So the first thing is marinate in it. So the reason I'm going through all of these with you, by the way, is because these are the things that we have done and it's, it's actually been really awesome. Yes, we've had challenges just like everyone else has, but we, we really decided to rise to it and see what we can do to bring our team closer together and have really amazing shifts within our business. And we've seen that and it's been awesome. And so I put together the things that we did, things that I learned from other people, and I put them all together for you in, there's, I want to say there's probably about four or five actionable things that you can do. So yes, back to that first one, marinate in it marinate in it. That sounds horrible. I know a lot of people say, no, why do I want to do that? I want to let it go. I I don't want to marinate in all the crap that happened. I totally agree with that philosophy in terms of letting it go. But I do think that first you need to have a period of time where you just sit with what went wrong. Evaluate mistakes that maybe you made maybe just take the time to get upset, feel the anger, feel the sadness over the things that happened that were out of your control and take some time to not push it away, but actually reflect upon those things, but not just the things that you didn't like. What about the wins that you had? Marinate in those things too. What are the things that you're really proud of that that maybe surprised you and were awesome? What are the things that you accomplished and turned around? Maybe you met some goals that no matter what happened, you still met those goals and you're super proud. Think of those things. And then after all of that marinating and really sitting with the good, the bad, the ugly, then just set it aside. Let it let it be free and make the time to then let go of what has already 
let go of you. Does that make sense? It's pretty good, right? Okay, the reason I'm saying that is because I heard it on uh, one of my Peloton classes. Make the time to let go of what has already let go of you. I love that. Okay, so here's how I do this whole marinating exercise. I write a lot. It's it's the it's the therapy for me. A lot of people say that um, there's so much power in actually handwriting it all out on paper with a pen, and that that's good too. I've I've done that, but I got to be honest. Um, I'm so keyed in. Pardon the pun, but I am keyed into my keyboard. Like it just flows because I'm always typing so much that it's just. I have a better flow when I type. So for me, journaling comes in the form of typing. Yes, it's 2020. And so handwriting is awesome. However, my hands get all cramped up and I'm like, okay, that's enough. The, The amount, I can go way faster when I type and it just flows so much better. So do whatever's right for you. But I... It's so funny because I actually learned the proper way to type, you know, with your hands in a certain position and which fingers hit which letters, but my fingers still want to do their own thing. And I don't really follow the proper way to type at all, but I still type really, really fast. I can tell you that. And I can do it without looking at the keyboard. And I've just taught myself that. Okay. Back to the point. My marinating is not just thinking time, but it's writing it out. And maybe that's not even for you. Maybe it's talking it out. Maybe it's a little voice recorder just to do that whole stream of consciousness thing. But when you give it that attention that it's begging you for, then you're able to then let it go. Okay. The second thing is plan. As a business owner, you probably already do this. At least I hope you do. You plan first what you want your year to look at, like what are your goals? What are the numbers you're going to hit? How are you going to do this? But this is really important at this time too. So plan. I think a lot of people got so stifled that they're just like, okay, well, I don't even know what's going to happen day to day. So, so we're just taking it day to day. And that's okay to take it day to day in terms of, you know, an emotional, emotional way to look at things, you know, instead of getting all riled up and anxiety ridden, you can take things day to day, but at the same time have a plan. Like, where are you going? What, what ideally would the next year look like for you? And, and do you have goals that you just ignored or just put to the side because of the stress and the challenges and the abrupt changes that happen this year? Planning is, is huge. And I've, I've done some things to set my year up and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what those were. I, I created revenue goals and I broke those revenue goals out into the different services that we offer. And then I assigned a number that was challenging to achieve, but still very doable. And that I could reach for each of those services at what I could reach by the end of the year. And then what I did is I broke those down into each quarter. So each of those services were laid out. Here's the the numbers I want to hit by the end of the year for each of those. And then I broke it down for each quarter. Here's where we would be. I then attached incentives to each of those for various members on the team so that they would be inspired to make it happen as well. So if you look at your team and you see who's responsible 
for helping to make these things happen? Is it your sales? Well, it's not just sales. There's other people in your team that help make those new services or the new growth reach those goals that you want. So I attached uh, incentives for those various members. I also created a project list of the various parts of our businesses and set goals for those as well. So while they don't directly have a revenue attached to it, there are, are things that eventually they will and they contribute to the whole of, of the growth. And I also listed out all of the ideas that were brewing in my head and the things that I wanted to implement. And then here's what I did, which was huge. I selected only a few of those to work on. So this year, actually, um, this was a huge accomplishment for me because year after year, I am the gal with way too many ideas and it definitely can overwhelm my team. I've, I can come to them and it's like, you know, I see something, I'm like, oh my gosh, we should do this. Okay, let's do it. And they kind of will get ex- like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then they'll have these like wide eyes and they just kind of look at me like, um, yeah, did you forget about all the other stuff that we're doing? So this year was huge in terms of taking a bunch off the plate and really just focusing on things that would really move the needle and not overwhelm my team. So I finally did that after so many years. <laughs> I I really narrowed it down. And the really good thing about this is that by doing that, you create more fo- focus time on just a few ideas or projects rather than a whole bunch. And I've just by doing that, you already increase the likelihood of, of success. And I've seen that happen just in one quarter. So I do plan the year ahead with goals so that I know what I'm aiming for. And it doesn't mean that all has to go to according to plan, but it at least gives my team and I a direction to aim for rather than, Hey, let's just have an awesome year and knock it out of the park. Nope vague doesn't work direction does and again even if all of those things don't happen you've actually gotten so much farther ahead and they all want to know you know your your team wants to know hey what bus are we getting on and where is it going and if we take some stops and detours along the way that is totally fine at least we know where the direction we're going and i believe in that whole adage that having no plan is a plan to fail and a goal without a plan is just a wish I've been talking with you a lot about the importance of having a great elevator pitch. And as you've probably heard on Amy Porterfield's podcast, an elevator pitch is super important because it's a single statement that clarifies the unique value you bring to your customers. And it almost compels prospects to do business with you on the spot. You already know that you can have the team at the draw shop create your pitch for you, but maybe you'd prefer I give you all the tools you need to create your own. Well, that's exactly what I did. So here's what I have for you. I put together a special package, a veritable DIY elevator pitch toolkit that combines everything you need to not only create your own awesome elevator pitch, but even the super cool graphics you can use to help you tell the story just like we do at the draw shop. 
And the really good news, because you're doing it yourself with the tools we supply, it'll cost you about 90% less than having us do it for you. Head over to thedrawshop.com forward slash toolkit. And this is important. Make sure you scroll down to the bottom of the page and check out the four free bonuses you're getting, including that collection I just mentioned of a one of a kind graphics designed by our artists that you can use in your very own elevator pitch. I really think this could be the perfect solution if you understand the value and importance of having an elevator pitch, but prefer to be a little bit more hands-on with it. And don't forget, scroll down to see the free bonuses at thedrawshop.com forward slash toolkit. I hope this helps. Okay, back to the episode. The third thing is for your extraordinary 2021 is bringing back that revenue, the return of revenue. So for a lot, a ton of businesses, revenue has dropped significantly. Now, some businesses have thrived and even saw huge increases based on what time of, of what type of business you're in. Some businesses just kind of stayed the same. Again, depending on what industry you're in, what type of business you have, how you responded to, to, to all that happened, things, things just changed. And what may have been predictable once before, you know, maybe you've had a business that was predictable and you could, you could forecast what was going to happen each quarter for so many that just suddenly shifted like overnight. And then things started to come back again when things reopened, but then they shut down again and then everything shifted again. So what are the things that you can do to set yourself up for revenue success and even growth, more growth in 2021? So here are my thoughts on that and what we started to do in 2020. And uh, I'm super excited about it. And I, again, I like to just share things that, that work. And these are things that work and actually got me super pumped up. So for one, we got laser focused on our current opportunities. So we connected more with, with our current clients and asked them, what do you need right now? Because right there, there's opportunity. Where are you guys struggling? Where can we help you with some of those struggles? What do we have in our wheelhouse as a business of our normal operations where we could actually help you guys during this time? So first it was looking to our existing clients and really zeroing in on their needs. And that alone was huge because so many people were freaking out saying we're not getting enough new business and people were looking for new business, which is great. But if you already have trust with your existing clients, letting them know that that they are cared for and that you want to help them is, is huge. So for us, what was really interesting in this year is that we saw a dramatic increase in repeat business. I mean, it was almost double from the year before, which is, which is pretty huge and, uh, awesome. So, you know, looking at that and seeing what, what opportunities do you have that already exist within your business? The next big thing that we did was look at demand for a new type of customer. So sometimes we get so focused on who is your ideal client, who's your ideal customer and which is great, but sometimes you have ideal customers. There might be several types of 
of customers because of the different things that you offer in your business. And I, for one, have been wanting to do so many new things. And this whole, the pandemic, the shutdown, everything that happened this year catapulted us into making it happen. It was like, you know what? No more excuses. We're doing this. This, if, if we, if we're not going to do it now, when's a better time? And and so that was what we did early on this year. We just jumped right into it all. So for us, it used to be that we offered, you know, pretty much our main offering was high end, high end video service, and someone was either in a position to invest in that, or they weren't there yet. But we had that ideal customer that we were, were targeting, which I think is a good thing um, to really focus in on that. But then as, as, as you grow, what we learned is that more of the value that we offered, especially based on the case studies from our clients, lied in that secret sauce of helping people get clear on their message and what their value was for their customers. And sometimes that piece of, of value that we offered didn't have to come in the form of a video. And that's when we started creating products and services that were for anyone in any business just trying to clarify their message in any of those in any of the places that they were communicating, which could be their advertising, their emails, the way they sell to their clients, the way their team communicated with each other. And so we focused in on what those people needed, but weren't working with us. So there's all these people that it's like, well, you're not working with us. You see the value in this, but you're not working with us. So how, what kind of, what can we do to help you? Because there is a demand and, and we've got something that can help you. So what can we create that will help you? And, you know, we, we once were very limited, not limited, um, um, I guess, self-inflicted limited. <laughs> we limited ourselves to just video production. And now we've got all of these different things, not a ton. Again, I tried to keep it super focused for a team, but we've got different services and products that can really help people in the same way that we were helping those other clients that were investing a lot more money with us. So the point to this is where in your business is there an opportunity to serve a new demand with new customers that you haven't yet, that you haven't yet gone after. The next thing for, for, you know, bringing back that revenue is maybe not a direct revenue increase, but it is a profitability increase. So what we did and, and, and what we actually have always done on a regular basis, but have just improved it a lot more and have gotten more laser focused on was to look at our budgets and our cost agenda. So one of my favorite books is called Profit First by um, Mike Michalowicz. And he has this amazing process that he takes you through to really cut costs and increase profitability. That's not all. He, does, he There's so, so much so many amazing things. I think every single business owner should, should have this book and, and exercise what's in this book because it's, it's amazing. But he talks about how, when you have, when you have more, you spend more, when you have more money, you tend to spend more money and you're, and you're not as, as cost conscious. And even when you don't need certain things, you, you just tend to spend more when you have more, you know, it's that whole, you, you expand to what you, you have. So, oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to spend more on this and that because I've got all of this money here, but you really kind of eat into your profits when you do that. So he gives this toothpaste analogy. I'm going to try to do my best at repeating it, but you know, when you have like, 
your, your toothpaste is running out and you start squeezing everything out of it. Well, if you have a full tube of toothpaste right next to that, you're probably likely to just throw that other tube away because you don't want to have to go through the effort of squeezing out everything. You're like, I have this whole food, full tube right here. So I'm just going to throw that one away now. But if you didn't have that full tube and it's like first thing in the morning and you're leaving the house and nobody likes to have bad breath and you want a clean mouth, you are going to squeeze every single thing you can out of that toothpaste. And you're going to get what you, the most that you can out of it because it's in there. And that's kind of the analogy that that he gives where you want to take what you have in terms of money to be spent and get everything you can out of it instead of frivolously spending. So he takes you through this whole process to see what it is that you really need to operate. And so we did that with with our business. You know, if if things should shut down again, if this should happen, like what do you really need in terms of operating your your business and where is too much being spent? So long story short, we we all do this because there's we we've done this as as a business. You know, there are times that we just say yes to something because the money is there. So so why not? Let's try it. But we've now learned to really evaluate if that spend is necessary. And I do believe in testing new things, but it's a different mindset of, okay, well, where is that money to test this new thing going to come from? So if we want to test a new, something new in the terms of, in terms of marketing or advertising, where are we going to pull that from? Which budget are we going to pull that from? Or which uh, marketing activity are we doing now that we're going to pull that from so that we can test this? And how much is that going to be? How much does it need to be in order to determine whether it's actually really working and how long do we need to test it before we have that accurate reading on whether or not it's working. We outsource a lot in our um, business. So we've got a, we've got a core team. We're just under 15 that are full-time employees, but then we also have a lot of people that we outsource to that are regular part of our team, but they're not on the full team hires, I should say. And there are times that we have outsource to people. And then we find, wait a minute, we've got two people doing what somebody already on our team who's making a full-time salary can do. So it's looking at those types of things and keeping a close eye and measuring everything from cost of service to cost of your products, to cost of advertising and marketing dollars, to your overhead, and really keeping a regular pulse on all of that so that you can get strategically thinking on how to be more profitable. And speaking of getting clear on that, this leads me into the next thing that we implemented and continue to do is getting clear on roles. I can say that the most confusing times in our business, which leads to frustration, is when people are unclear in their roles. And this type of confusion will definitely lead to loss of of money. So part, and and of course, profitability. So part of what I was talking about earlier is getting clear on the direction of each team member's role and knowing what they are responsible for, how you can measure whether they are effective or not, and what lane each person should should be in. So I I actually want to do a full episode on this because there's a lot more to this and there's some really great processes and tools that you can do. And I will tell you, it is amazing when you have clarity and even when your team knows 
who to ask for what and who is responsible for what. So if you're launching something new or you have a new promo going out or you've got a new project that you're all working on, knowing who is in charge of what is incredible. <laughs> that clarity is so incredible. And um, really quick note, we just implemented Miro, M-I-R-O, this year, which is, it's this mind map type of tool where we have our org chart mapped out and you can easily add roles and you can see where people are at and what responsibilities they are in charge of. Like what, what are the things that they do daily? And if we are implementing something new, who is the person that should take that on? And everyone on the team can access that instead of having all these emails. Well, who should do this? Who should do that? It's like, you can see right here, well, this person is in charge of, you know, emails. This is person is in charge of all of the copywriting for promos. This person is in charge of copywriting for clients, things like, like that. It's just super, super clear. And finally, I've talked about this before and I've referred to it several times, but gosh, getting clear on everything. Everything has the theme on getting clear, getting clear on where your money's being spent, getting clear on your vision, getting clear on roles. But this final one wraps that all together, but it's really about getting clear on your vision. And I've mentioned this, I know in several episodes, but it's just because it's so valuable and it's been so valuable to our team. And that is having a vivid vision and doing the vivid vision exercise, um, getting the book. It's by Cameron Harold. He's been a guest on our show and he it's, it's just an incredible tool to giving yourself clarity and then your team having that direction of where you intend to go. And, you know, in vivid vision, it is a three-year, it's a three-year look into the future, but we do this, we'll do this every year. So you can take the exact exercise and do it a year just to look at the, the next year. And I really strongly suggest that going into 2021, setting some time aside. And I do this personally as well. I'm doing this personally. My husband and I are taking a, a weekend next weekend, and we are taking a full two days to go over our vision for the next year. And I'm going to do this for my business as well. And it's, you know, looking at what are, what will be wins for you? At the end of 2021, what will those wins look like? What do you want the year to feel like? Utilizing that first part of today's episode where I talked about identifying the goals and the numbers and what you're, you want to happen each, each quarter, but just going deeper here in terms of the feelings involved as you determine what does success look like for your company? What does success look and feel like for you? So those are just a handful of things, but I promise each of those implemented will make a dramatic difference into the year ahead for you. I know that 2020 came with grief and challenges and struggle and frustrations and a whole lot of insecurity and fear for many of us. And there's been fear of, of the unknown. But at the same time, there have also been so many blessings for many of us that have come out of this year. And I, I really invite you to look at those blessings. And if you haven't seen them yet, to look at where, just you'll find them. Just look and you will find them because we, you know, everything Everything that happens comes with opportunity if we choose to see the opportunity in that. 
focus in, focus in on, on those opportunities, focus in on those blessings and, and get yourself into feeling gratitude for all of the things that, that have turned out well for you. And, and that can, and will be amazing for you in 2021, because I know that you have everything you need to make it happen. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope that this was helpful and I'm wishing you all of the success as you close out 2020 and get ramped up for 2021. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcast, where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.